All right, come on in, grab a seat. We don't have any handouts today. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to be filling in for Craig today. So he had planned for us to watch a video, so we're going to do that. It's uh, just 30 minutes long, and then we're going to have some discussion. And um, I think you will find it very interesting. I uh, listened to it and watched it, and it's great. It's a panel discussion by some people you will recognize. And um, so we're going to just start with that. And I wanted to say that I have been following with you all the way through this whole series on where we are on 1 Corinthians, um, taking notes, studying with you each Sunday, and also in the Sunday school, uh, studying with you, because as you know, that's all on the website. And uh, so it was just great. I just felt like I was here with you. And so I'm right up to speed on where you are, where we are, and just so excited, praying uh, with you all. As Craig has said, just excited about what God is going to do and what he is doing in and among us, especially as we step more into learning together and experiencing the gifts that he has for us. So it's just such an exciting time, and uh, it's really been fun. And so just so much ahead for us as we continue to walk with him by faith. So let me pray for us, and we will start uh, right in the video, and then um, just think about any things that you want to discuss or questions that you think of as you hear the video. They're going to be talking about uh, the, the more miraculous gifts, uh, healing, tongues, and prophecy, primarily, and uh, sharing some more insight into those. So let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for that you loved us so much that you gave us your son, that even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, you made us alive together with Christ. And along with that, uh, you have given us gifts, and it's like gifts that we unwrap every day a little bit more, new ones, and we learn and understand, and we're continuing to unwrap, in a sense, the, these gifts uh, of the Spirit that you've given each of us and us corporately. So today, would you help us to understand them as we, almost like a new gift, we open it and we say, what is this? How does it work? Teach, you know, and, and learn together. And so, Lord, bless us by the power and presence of your Spirit, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, so we are going to begin with our panel discussion, and before jumping into some of the questions, I just want to introduce uh, those that are joining us for this panel. We have Miguel Nunez, Francis Chan, John Piper, Sam Storms, and Pastor Jason Meyer. My name is Jonathan Bowers, and I'll be moderating the panel. So let's, let's hop right in. Uh, with the focus this conference on the Holy Spirit, some have submitted some questions asking for some practical guidance, particularly with respect to specific gifts of the Spirit. So things like, what does it mean to speak in tongues? Or what would the gift of miracles look like? Or what is prophecy? So could, could you comment on what those gifts of the Spirit are? Sam. 
looking at me. <laughs> oh, you, really? All three of those? You just wanted like 30 seconds? Yeah, 30 seconds each. All right. Or 10 seconds each. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think prophecy is speaking in merely human words, something that the Spirit has spontaneously brought to mind. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, if you're sitting in a meeting, a corporate gathering, and somebody is speaking, and God reveals something to a person. So prophecy is based on a revelation, different from teaching, which is based on a text. So I think there's a spontaneity. God discloses something uh, to an individual, and then he gives instructions on how the first person is to be silent, and the second person is to speak that. Prophecy uh, 1 Corinthians 14.3 serves to edify, to encourage, and to console. Uh, so those are its primary purposes. Later in 14, he talks about it disclosing the, the hearts uh, and, the, and the sins of those who are unbelievers who wander into your meeting. They fall on their face and declare that God is among you. I don't believe that prophecy is synonymous with preaching. I think prophecy can be intermingled with preaching. Um, but, I, but I think prophecy functions in, in a... In, in a different way, because I think, as I said, it's based on the spontaneity of a revelation. Um, always to be judged, always to be weighed, examined, assessed. Um, tongues, uh, there's obviously a lot of dispute about that. I, I think the tongues of Acts chapter 2 were genuine human languages previously unlearned by those who spoke them. I don't believe that's the case with tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. I have 10 arguments in my book as to why I think uh, the tongues in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 is a, um, a, a language imparted and crafted by the Spirit unique to each individual that enables you to transcend the limitations on your own vocabulary and your own thoughts and desires and pray directly to the Spirit. Um, and um, so I do not believe the gift of tongues is for everybody. I don't think any specific particular gift is intended by God for every single individual. I don't think tongues is the mark or the sign of anything, uh, any more than teaching is the mark or sign of anything, or helps is the mark or sign of anything. Um, what was the other one? Miracles? <clears throat> yeah. Um, the plural of dunamis, miracles, uh, every time it appears. Um, I, well, this gets, I'll, I want to shut up, I don't want to talk too much. I, I think there's a, a huge mistake that people make. I hear people pushing back and they say, well, I believe that God can do miracles today. I just don't believe there are miracle workers. I don't know that you can find in scripture any miracle other than the ones that God directly performed, like raising Jesus from the dead, any miracle that wasn't performed through a human being, usually in response to prayer and crying out to God. So I don't think gift, the gift of miracles is something you carry in your back pocket. I don't think because you might have been used by God to perform a miracle in one case that you can do it at will, at your discretion, at any time. I think miracles, very much like prophecy, is what I call an occasional or circumstantial gift, dependent upon the time and the need of the moment. God can impart it to any individual, and that doesn't mean you'll ever be able to perform another miracle for the rest of your life. Uh, it's, not, it's not at your discretion and will. It is at God's sovereign discretion and will for the particular occasion in which he finds a need that needs to be met. Guys, for clarification, just take the gift of healings in. Would you encourage people to pray that they become gifted at healing or that in a given moment they ask for the gift of healing for that, for that minute? 
of healing and then whether God wants to ever do it again is up to him. Should, should a person pray to become, that's my gift? Well, I don't necessarily think it's an either or, I, but I would affirm more the latter. I think, and it's interesting, even the ESV gets it wrong. It says gifts of healing. No, they're both plural. Gifts of healings. I don't know why they don't translate the plural as a plural. I have to talk to our friend Wayne about that because it's, it's wrong. Um, I, I think gifts of healings are, are individual empowerments for a particular healing, for a particular affliction at a particular time. Now, I've only had that happen to me maybe a half dozen times in 44 years of ministry, so I don't call myself a healer. But I pray, Lord, would you do that more consistently in me? Prepare my heart, make me open, hungry, sensitive to your spirit, that I would be uh, uh, more consistent in the experience of that gift. But I think it is utterly and absolutely subject to the, the sovereignty of God and his purpose for whatever person that you're praying for. So, yes, more I pray. For example, I think um, James 5 um, I think that it is the pr praying in faith and, and a gift for that particular healing is granted. Um, but it doesn't mean that, again, you could pray for somebody and you could see a powerful miracle of healing happen and turn to the next person in line who has the same affliction and nothing happens. Wh why? Because... God's sovereign purpose for one isn't at that particular moment his sovereign purpose for the other. So I would say a both and. Mostly I'm praying, every time I pray for the sick, Lord, grant me the, the, a, a profound supernatural surge of confidence that you're able to do this and you're a compassionate God who loves doing good things for your children and grant me a gift, a charism for this particular healing at this particular time. But then I will also pray later, Lord, make that happen more often. Make, make it more consistent. But I don't know if that kind of... You know what? Can I interrupt right now? Just based upon what your message was, Jason, and about the quickest way to... I think it was yours. I'm getting everything mixed up. But um, promptings to pray. Yeah, that was you. Uh, I just... I want to pray for you, Miguel, you're back. I, I, you know, I, I just think, what if right now, like God just heals Miguel, like through our prayer right here. That's a way to close a conference like this. You know, like just, just in faith, if we could just lay hands on Miguel and pray for a healing of his back. He was telling me about his pain yesterday, and I started praying for him. He told me, oh, man, it's better. I got to sleep last night. And I'm like, man, I want to pray till this thing is just done, you know, just a, a complete healing. And I just feel prompted, and I don't want to quench the spirit. So I'm interrupting. and. Yep. You, you put intense. I just know your pain in your back is really bad. Well, I was just sharing with Francis last night that uh, over the last several months, months, I've been suffering from a lot of back pain and muscle spasm. And finally, we decided to do an MRI of the cervical, thoracic, and lumbar spine. And um, besides having osteoarthritis, there were a disc found at every level. Uh, and that was the cause of the pain and occasionally producing some difficulty breathing at times. So 
That's what I was sharing with Francis. And I was excusing myself that I was not at his session in part because I woke up with a lot of pain yesterday morning. So I knew he was in a lot of pain to skip my session. Um, <laughs> but here's what I'd like. I would love to just pray with absolute faith. Just say, God, take away any doubt, any of that unbelief in me. And would you guys join me and everyone just join me in this belief that God's in this room right now. Like he's, he's right here. He hears everything. He can do anything. I mean, this is real now. Real power and real love. Some of us have had that pain where you just can't even breathe. And now out of love for Miguel and out of a desire to see the glory of God and a true belief that this could happen, would you join me? Would you have your minds literally at that throne realizing who we're talking to right now and how simple how simple for the one who can do abundantly more than all that we ask or could even imagine. God, I lift up my brother Miguel to you, Father, and for your glory's sake, Lord, you on that throne. God, this is so small. And God, I just think, oh, Lord, we talk about gifts of miracle, gifts of healings. And God, right now, we would just love that, Lord. I'm not thinking, am I praying right? It's just, God, I just want to see it. I really want to see it. I want my brother just going, no way. I want to hear reports of this later where he's just going, it was insane. It was just over, way beyond. I didn't even dream of this. I didn't know I could feel this good, Lord. Things that you do, I read about it in Scripture. and doesn't make sense that it ended to me lord this is your holy spirit please god please father please father i know you love miguel i know you look down and i thank you first and foremost oh god for the great great miracle of repentance in his life to believe the gospel and know it's true like deep in his heart to know that jesus christ is the son of god has a name above all names forever and ever and ever he knows that lord and that is the greatest it really is the greatest miracle i really believe that lord and god so we ask for the physical now now here on earth god not because we deserve it but because we're asking as your children just asking for your grace, Lord. You've done so many things that we just marvel at. I want to see it, Lord. I want to see more of this, Lord. Holy Spirit of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. We worship you. We join with the angels in heaven. You are amazing. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Thank you brother. Thank you, man. Let me just share something that happened at our church just a week ago. And there is someone else here from our church that is very close to this person. He could testify today. But there's a young person in our church. He's about 22. 
And um, he came to me as a physician. Some of you know that I'm a physician and I still see some cases. So he came with a lesion in the mouth that looked very infected, but beyond that, just the appearance of it looked malignant. So I called the, the dentist who was uh, working on him and I said, uh, this is clearly infected, but this is not just an infection. This is clearly something else and I just don't like the appearance of it. So would you biopsy him and, and do it several times so we make sure that we get a diagnosis? So two days later, he was diagnosed with one of the worst lymphoma you can think of. It's T-cell lymphoma. And, and this I know from firsthand. So the church was praying for him. And, and, and there was a lot of people very sad. He's a very young, uh, godly man who everyone loves. And so um, the um, biopsy was sent to here to the U.S. for confirmation. And that's when the lymphoma was confirmed, T-cell lymphoma. And then over the next two or three weeks, um, the lesion disappeared. And uh, there were a couple of lymph. Well, we sent him to Miami for a PET scan, which is a scan that just scanned through the entire body looking for cancer cell. The PET scan came back completely negative. Um, there were a couple of lymph nodes that were slightly warm on the PET scan, but very nonspecific. So we decided to biopsy those. They also negative. The bone marrow was biopsied. That was negative. He went through bone scan, CT scan, chest, abdomen, pelvis. There's no, there's no one trace of cancer any place. So there is one that just happened through the prayers of the church. There was not any one particular healer, but the church was praying, and we saw it. And that's only a week ago. So, and there's someone from my church here, one of our deacons, so he could testify to this. And these things aren't robotic or mechanical. Yeah. So on the one hand, we might have an experience of somebody coming to the elders because they're sick, and I don't even know what's going to happen. Just come in and, oh, this is on the agenda. I wasn't aware of it. And we all pray together, and sometimes a person's healed, and sometimes they're, they're not. Mm -hmm. But other times, there's a few times I've had the clearest most powerful prompts of the Spirit happened in relation to, to praying for healing. There's one um, young lady that uh, I was her professor and she came to me one day in my office and just was talking about her child and just, just weeping because her child um, had all of these holes basically in, in his liver and uh, was going for for surgery and that they weren't sure about it and I just felt the prompt mm. pray mm -hmm. pray and I I tried to ignore it the first time no pray like mm. I I'm feeling led to pray right now can I can I pray prayed for healing mm. and uh, the, the next day she called me back because she was going to the doctor that day um, for the x-rays and everything um, pre-surgery, and so she called me the next day and she said mm. that the doctor has no category for what just happened. Mm. It's like a new liver. It's like there's no, no spots, no holes. It's like brand new. Mm. So sometimes you, you, the Spirit prompts you mm. to, to pray. Don't quench the Spirit. Obey that impulse to pray for healing. Other times, it's, you might not feel anything heading into it at all, and yet God chooses to 
heal in the appointed regularity of obeying commands of Scripture. Oh, if anybody's sick, come to the elders. And, and you see the Lord work there too. Do you, I just, do you feel, don't, don't feel pressure? No, seriously, I think this is important to say, like, hey, I, you don't want to feel like, oh, man, I'm going to disappoint everyone if I'm not healed, as though we were doing something. It's the sovereign will of God, having made that uh, caveat. You know, how do you feel right I, I came in better today. Yeah. So I wasn't really feeling pain when I came in. Yeah. Um, but that could happen intermittently. So yeah. I will need to get back to you okay. to see okay. what Lord has done. I might have done it yesterday by myself without these guys. <laughs> you know I'm joking about that, but okay. All right. That's, I was just curious. All right. I was just going to say, in terms of praying for the gift, the way I see it, I, I ask the Lord to give me the gift that he thinks I would need for whatever purpose he has for me in my life, my calling. So I'm not given to pray for a particular gift, but rather, or you know better than me what I'm supposed to do and the purposes for which you call me. So whatever that is, whatever I need, mm. just equip me with it and then uh, and help me use it for your glory. Mm. Maybe to uh, jump off of what just happened and give us a chance to reflect on the practice of praying for healing, how do you shepherd somebody that you're praying for to feel hope and ambition in asking God for great things without being presumptuous? So if you're praying for somebody, maybe reminding them God doesn't always heal, how do you do that in a way that, that doesn't dampen the spirit of expectancy in this person? Well, nine months ago, we had the opposite experience. We had a, another young person, a deacon in the church. He was 40 years old with uh, pancreas cancer, cancer, carcinoma of the pancreas. Uh, we, he came to the elders, just like James says, and asked for for us to pray for him, which we did, and we even anointed him with oil, and nothing happened. And he died six months later. As we pray for him, we kept reminding him that um, we were doing two things. One, we were confessing to the Lord that we believed that he had the power to do it, to do the healing and anything else beyond that even. But at the same time, we were submitting to his will, we were referring to Jesus' prayer at Gethsemane. Not my will. This is what I would like to happen, but not my will, but yours. So, Lord, this is the same way we are praying. This is what we would like to happen. Not our will, but yours. And, um, and we reminded him that our faith was not so much in the healing per se, per se, but rather in the sovereignty and the benevolence of God and the mercy of God to work in whichever directs, direction the will of God would work. But we did say we do have the confidence that you could heal this person. And uh, we would love to see it. We would love to see you glorifying yourself in this healing. But also, we would pray that you will glorify yourself in him by the same grace if you decide to do something differently so that he may be able to testify about you through this illness, which he was able to do. So that has been a way 
that we've done it. Two, two things. Um, I think that a, a pastor should devote himself in preaching and teaching to create an understanding of suffering that everybody in the church knows we, we all believe here God can heal and that he doesn't always heal. We all believe that. Therefore, when you get together, you don't need to inform God that we know you don't heal sometimes. Because it's always prefacing your prayer with, now, now we understand, you know, we're all Calvinists here and we believe in the sovereignty of God. You just don't need to do that because the church is well taught. You just start asking God to do it. And, and the second thing I would say so, so that's, that's saying you do not have to say out loud, you may not heal here. You know, let's all prepare ourselves to, to fail here in our, in our faith because, because we, we know theologically that we might. If you're taught well, so make that a theme of your preaching. Second thing is you can always pray two things for a sick person with confidence. Uh, one is that their faith would be made strong. I always start. When I, when I pray for somebody, God, make their faith strong. Make their faith strong. Because if, if they're going to die in six months, I want them to really die well. I want to glorify Jesus in dying well. That's as big a deal as glorifying Jesus in being healed. So, and then the second one is heal them. Heal them. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I would like to get well, yeah. so I want you to get well. Yeah. So those, always yeah. pray those, those two things. Make their faith strong and now heal them. Mm. And if, if the church is well taught, you can just relax in that moment, mm. hand them over to Jesus, look to a great thing to be done, and a great thing will be done. He doesn't treat his children badly. I think that's true, but there's times, right, when that person that you're trying to pray for just feels complete anxiety. They're, they're there and they're wondering, they're, they're, um, they're, they feel in the dark. I don't think it's wrong in that moment to prepare them and say, um, remember the lie of Satan, that God, your father's heart is limited and narrow and is withholding. But let's remember, we're praying to our father here who loves to give good gifts to his children. His character is on display. His heart is not limited towards you in any way. And we're praying for for healing here, we know we're praying according to the knowledge that this will be healed. We know that, that this is going to be healed by, by death for sure, and that will be incredible. That will be an expression of our Father's heart for you. And we're just praying that would He be pleased to bring some of that grace and gift into today? Suddenly, that's not put in terms of Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know. Do I have enough faith? Just grounding that in our Father's character and heart, I've found that helps people sometimes. Not that you need to teach them that every time, but just being sensitive to the person in front of you and, and what might they need when they, they might be well taught, but maybe they're forgetting. I run home to Romans 8.28 when um, it seems as if you've covered all your bases. You know, James 5.16, confess your sins to one another, that you pray for one another that you might be healed. When it, maybe the issue is not a lack of faith, you've dealt with perhaps maybe a demonic <clears throat> cause of the affliction. Um, whatever 
you, you seem to have covered all the bases and, and you don't have any explanation for why a person isn't healed. And I just simply say, look, do you believe that God causes all things to work together for your good? You who have been called according to his purpose, you who love God. Yeah. Well, given that reality, perhaps then uh, the reason you're not healed is because in God's infinite wisdom and love for you, there's something he wants to accomplish in your life and bringing you into conformity to Christ that he knows can only be done in spite of your physical affliction and maybe even precisely by means of it. Hmm. So uh, it's, it's, it, I don't hate to say it, it's a fallback text, but it's the, kind of, it's the foundational underlying reality uh, we pray, we press in, we can, we persevere in, in, in prayer for healing. But if it doesn't happen, does that disprove Romans eight twenty eight? No, that's the truth that we hold on to. God, somehow, in the midst of my affliction and my weakness, God is causing this. In, in context of Romans eight, He's talking about suffering. God causes all things, primarily the suffering He's just talked about, and what He'll talk about in, in the last few verses of the chapter, to make me more like Jesus. Now. That doesn't mean you should stop praying for healing, but if it doesn't come, God, I thank you. You're so wise. You love me so much that there's something that is infinitely more important to you in my life than me getting well physically, and you're accomplishing that precisely by means of cultivating deeper faith, deeper trust in your goodness, knowing your sovereign purposes for me. Uh, All right, so we are going to begin with... All right, we're going to stop there, and we're going to um, just discuss a little bit, see if we can see what we learn from that. Um, <clears throat> maybe just in a way to sort of get us going, uh, <clears throat> there were a couple of definitions that um, uh, Sam Storms gave, which I thought were really helpful, and maybe you did too. Um, the one on prophecy, speaking words based on a revelation, a spontaneous revelation, um, I thought was really helpful. <clears throat> I also thought it was helpful how he differentiated between preaching and prophecy, that they're not synonymous, um, that they are different. So I thought that was interesting. And then the tongues definition um, in Acts 2 was an understandable language, um, and then the current, um, uh, in, in chapter 14, a, the way he said, a unique language to the individual that transcends your linguistic ability, enabling you to communicate more directly with God. So I thought those were kind of helpful for us to better get a handle on what these are. And then, of course, he talked about miraculous gifts, too. And <clears throat> there, particularly about the healing, is the one they seem to emphasize more. And I thought it was interesting how he explained it. It's an occasional gift that God imparts to an individual at any time. And it's, I thought it was the way he talked about it. It's not something you carry around in your pocket and you can pull it out and use it whenever you want, but it's something that God gives at a particular time to accomplish a particular purpose to glorify himself and to accomplish something he's doing in those people's lives. So those were, I think, helpful. Um, let's just 
talk a minute. What uh, maybe just kind of open it up. What impressed you? What are some of the things that you saw through this? That's great, Roger. Yes, it is. It's God's power, right? I mean, when we pray, He responds in the way that He wants, and we should pray in the way that we're where our heart is, what we want, and then we leave the results to Him. That's great. Thank you, Roger. Yeah. I um just I came in really late on and, and hearing about um, her with illness. And I have a brother in law who I don't think he believes there's a higher power. But to say that he's a Christian is the farthest from the truth for him. And he went to the doctor one day he wasn't feeling very went to the doctor one day and the um, doctor said, well, explain your symptoms, and he did, and they did a couple of tests, and he said, yes. So when my husband told me he had stage four lung cancer, I said, oh, right now, so he went to the hospital, I silently, I sat at the end of his bed, I silently prayed to myself, but this is a man that needs to be healed, he doesn't know you yet. I want him to know you. He's a nice, nice man. I want him to know you. And he went through weeks of radiation. But he never had any pain through the whole thing, even with the confidence blood in the whole works. He never had any pain. So towards the end of his radiation, I found this card because I would always talk and say, and he just looked at me and kind of laughed, you know. And I found this card. And it said, on the inside, on the outside, it was for August the answer room. So on the inside, it said, how can I get an amen? So when we found out in his next appointment, he went, and the doctor said, we don't understand exactly what's going on here. But we can tell you what we know. And that is that you are disease free. Mm. And it had spread, as Dr. Mutter, it had spread to his brain, from stage four lung cancer. And they did the whole the PET scan that the guy talked about, and they found no evidence of anything. So, he did a miracle. Yeah. And he, when he got that card and he was out of the hospital, he called me and he said, You know, how did you know? And I said, How did I know what? How did you know that I was going to be okay? Because you said in the card, Now can I give an amen? And I said, Well, I did write that. I said, I bought that car and play a bit. He said, no, I know. But he said, no, they didn't mean that. What do you mean? And I said, George, I said, so hard for me to get out. I told people, please pray for my brother-in-law. He's very well. And so I said, where are people out there praying for you? He said, that's why you're well. It has nothing to do with the radiation. And the chemo, you didn't have to. Eventually, mm-hmm. So, because God heard our prayers, amen. and now you're well, and you should be joyful and thankful, and I should give an amen, and God should give an amen. You know, so how did he respond in his relationship with the Lord at that point? In relationship with the Lord, he said, you really believe it was all him? I said, everything was all him, George. You know how I feel. I went to Ecuador. You know, he knows how my life with Christ is. And I said, I fully believe that this is God that healed you, and I want you to just do me one else to rest your life in one more thing. And he said, what can I do 
But in the meantime, please just read that book. So what is, where is he now? Did he read it? He's slow. He picks it up. He'll read a couple verses. He said, don't. But he is reading it. I sent him a Bible. Oh, good. So God's going to continue to work in his heart and use that situation, hopefully, to draw him to Christ. That's great. Well, God is working in his life, and he used that, sounds like. Miguel shared a couple, he, uh, one healing when they prayed. He also, and Jason shared one, the healing of the boy's liver. And then Miguel shared one where they prayed, and six months later, the man died. What do you think about that? One of the things that I was that really struck me was when John Piper was talking about first and last paper straight to the first thing I thought of Randy Clark came down. So mm-hmm. some of you guys know who he is. Yeah. You know, uh, a few years ago, this fellow that came here battled cancer for a few years. Uh, never forget when we, there was a group of us men that went up to a SEMA at the hospital. Must have been a dozen and a half of us or so. And he gave us a short sermon on how our faith needed to be stronger. And here the guy, there's almost nothing left of him. And he's telling us how we needed to be faithful, lead our families, these kind of things. And here the only thing we got in our minds is that he had said. And when John Piper said that, Yeah, that was actually mentioned, and there wasn't a, um, John uh, in John chapter 17, where Jesus is praying the high priestly prayer. He says to the Father, "Take this cup from me, but your will be done." But it was interesting the comment um, and the basis on which he said it. John Piper talked about not really emphasizing or talking about. Um, the need to pray out loud that we know God may not heal if he does not. What did you think about that? I, was, there, I know there's somebody that wanted to comment. We'll just hold that a minute. What did you think about John Piper's comment on that? I believe that when we pray for healing, um, for me, the way I try to keep it in perspective is there's physical healing that we feel. We're sick, we get better. And, of course, there's the healing that comes from knowing Christ, which is automatic. And then there's the healing that is just simply that his will be done. And we're praying, and I'll briefly mention, my father passed away from pancreas cancer. My prayers for him were for healing, but they were for healing. Take my dad. Suffering way too much, and our 
family was having a hard time with that. So we prayed for healing the other way because we knew he was going to die. So we were praying for that faster so he would not have to suffer any longer. To suffer. That's the kind of healing that I think that when we die, that's the ultimate healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was mentioned yeah, in the video. We're going to be healed one way or another, whether it be now or after, you know, when we die. Steve? We talked about Randy Clutchhammer. Uh, I didn't know Randy. I wasn't here. But I knew his dad, Bill. I got to know him, obviously, and Because of the funeral that I saw here from Randy, that I saw the power of God in this church, which is why I'm here today. But also, I was with his dad at the truck stop having breakfast. Mm. And I said, Bill, after breakfast, put your vehicle over and wait for me. Yeah, we, we really need to approach God with an attitude of faith, don't we? And then just expect him that he will accomplish what he wants according to his will. And in that case, I think it's a perfect example of God glorifying himself by allowing you to be here with us and bringing his dad to the Lord. So, you know, God uses those things. He could have healed Randy, but he chose to do something different. But we just have to pray in faith. I think that was what uh, John Piper's, you know, praying, as you mentioned, uh, praying that we would, that the person would grow stronger in faith. And um, just one thing. When I see little Josiah, we But, you know, a chosen vessel must be a chosen vessel. Where there's the man born blind. Did he sin? His parents sin? 
chosen vessel for a specific end. <laughs> I'm glad our Lord knows it. <laughs> and helps us to what? If he's going to build our faith and prepare us to be the soldiers he wants us to be, we have to realize that I must decrease, he must increase. There was a man in this church just last, last Sunday talking about Captain Dean, we had lunch for three hours. That I don't need holy water, I don't need oil, I don't need to go to a sweat box. I said, I must be creativity. He's got to be the one getting the glory. Yeah. Not me. Not yeah. me. And when he, when he gets the glory, oh my, are yours, is your faith better? Oh my goodness, you can't wait till the next time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, and we want God to be glorified. And that's what his ultimate purpose and goal is, too, that we, he receives glory and honor in what he's doing and the way he's doing it, and that we will all praise him as a result. Well, our time is up. Uh, I know we could be discussing a lot more. There's a lot more here. If you are interested in watching it again, um, I can send you the link to it. Um, just let me know. So let me close in prayer. We'll um, have our fellowship time. And um, there we go. So, Father, we just thank you so much again for the things we're learning. We thank you for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It shows us the way, and it, sh and it helps us to understand things that we would not have any clue about other than that you have communicated them through your word. So thank you. And we just thank you for the gifts and that you love us because you love us. You've given us gifts that we can use in each other's lives to build up your body of Christ here. And we just look forward to all the things that you're going to continue to teach us and do in and among us. And we just open our hearts again to you and all that you have for us. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.